Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some red flag customers. And these are customers that you may have taken on the account or you're doing a bid and you're getting a weird feeling. And I'll go over why you should probably trust that feeling. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So I'm a big book reader and I just love reading books, especially books on business, books on you know leadership, things of that nature. And there's a really good book I don't know exactly what category it would fall into, but it's probably a just a fun book on, I wouldn't call it self-help, but it's called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. And again, the book is called Blink. He also wrote the book Outliers. And I think this book is really good. If you wanted to read about your first impressions, this book will probably help you to kind of discern your customers better and get more insight but the book talks about how first impressions are your first re- or first reactions are usually the correct ones. And he gives a lot of examples in the book on this. I guess it's more of a research book on a phenomenon called first impressions, which all of us kind of feel and we get a sixth sense when you meet somebody and you kind of feel like, you know, I guess I'll use this as an example. If you're at a car lot shopping for a used car and you meet the salesman and right away you get the feeling that he's just not an honest person. Chances are that feeling is probably true, not just because he's at a he's at a used car he's a used car salesman at a used car lot, but you get the impression of people when you meet him. Just for example, I was just outside the other day and I saw someone in my neighborhood getting a new garage. So I asked the technician, "Hey, can you come over and check my garage because it's making some weird noises?" He came over. Well, the first impression when I approached him, I thought he was. I, I kind of felt when I first met him that this guy I can trust. I don't know why I felt that when I first met him. But sure enough, when I invited him into my garage to check it out, he was spraying everything, tightening my chain. And he's like, you know, the company would charge 150 for this, but, you know, just buy me lunch. And basically I gave him, you know, money for lunch, a little extra. And he did all that work. And he was really honest. He said, nothing's wrong with your garage. If someone else came out here, they'd probably tell you, Repla- replace this, replace that. And, and that my first impression when I met him was that he was honest and he proved that point. And the book Blink definitely gives me insight when I meet somebody kind of to have my eyes open, my ears open to get that impression of the person. So the same thing goes when you're out there getting doing a bid or when you pick up a new service account. I really don't recommend taking on a new service account just through text messaging or emailing without ever meeting the customer. Now, I've taken on accounts before. I've never met the client because they're professionals, they're busy, but I have talked to them on the phone. So in the least, if you you know take on an account without actually meeting the person, because this can happen, of course, especially when if they're busy, at least get a feel for them on the phone, how they talk to you, the words they use, kind of, you know, the 
inflections in their voice are a good key to their personality. You can't learn a lot from emailing and text unless they text you all caps. And then that's already a red flag. I would drop anyone that emails or texts in all capital letters. To me, that's just showing a very aggressive, obnoxious personality. So definitely, you know, all caps is out of the picture. But get a feel for the person. It's always really good to meet the client, to get a feel for how they act, how they react to you, some of the questions they may ask, some of the ways they say certain things. You know, they say, you know, the old the last pool guy was terrible. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. And I've been wanting to fire him for so long. And, I, you know, I left him a really bad review because he's a terrible company. That right there is a huge red flag because, you know, the pool may look fairly decent. The person may just be extremely picky about the pool service professional. And it's something that you just watch the things that they say. I use this example a lot, and this is a true story. It doesn't sound true, but it is. I was doing a new service on a customer, and he came out. We were talking, and he's like, hey, you know, the uh, the other collect- the other uh, service put me in collection because I didn't pay, and, and now they, they have a collection agency calling me, and they're going to put a lien on my house. He goes, is that legal? Can they do that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, they can probably do that. I'll see you later. And, you know, this is one of those things where they kind of shoot themselves in the foot sometimes. I, I run into this all the time when I rent my properties out. They don't know I'm the landlord. They don't assume that I'm not the landlord. I guess I'd look more like a salesperson or realtor. And they'll be sharing stuff with me. And this is a true story, too. One of the persons I was applying was like, yeah, you know, I'm coming from Florida. And I actually burned down the house there because I was doing something. I was I was a bug zapper thing and I had it in the garage and it caused a fire. And so I'm looking to relocate and move out this way. You know, like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to run into you, buddy. So yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes the things they say are just enough to make you think twice about the person. Sometimes it's obvious that you don't want to take this client, but there are subtle things on, you know, how they text you too. Like, you know, if they text you and then you don't answer within five minutes, they put like a question mark, then that's a little, to me, that's a little aggressive as a personality or if they email you and then they email you again and it's the same email three or four times trying to get you to email them back. It's really something that I don't appreciate either for a customer or anybody doing that. I'm busy. You know, I can't text them back right away sometimes and I certainly can't email everyone back within five minutes. So to me, those are red flags that this person may not be the best customer. It just may there maybe they're having a tough day, but any kind of aggressive any kind of aggressive communication in my in my book is a customer to be really careful of. So if you're already doing the service account and you're getting these vibes from the customer, eventually you probably want to get them off your route before something happens. Another thing that, you know, if they say anything in their vocabulary, like, you know, use the word sue, lawsuit, damages, I'm going to leave bad reviews. If you talk to them and they're talking about anything with in that range, to me, that's just, you know, improper. I think a lot of pool guys get this a lot where the customer is like, you know, I'm going to sue you for this. And it's one of those things where, yes, if you say you're going to sue somebody, it's a pretty serious thing. But in reality, to do a lawsuit, you have to have several things in place. If you talk to a lawyer, they're going to tell you they need to have these particular things in place. And one of them is damages. So what actually are they going to sue you for? You know, I've had one pool pro tell me one time that there was like a stain in the pool and it wasn't from him, but the customer was like, you made that stain. It was like a one inch rust stain. It wasn't him, obviously, but they were blaming it. They're like, I'm going to sue you for this. What are the actual 
damages in this case? And, and what can you actually prove? Is there, is there something that the person actually did? And how much can you actually sue for for a stain in the pool? I mean, it would cost a few hundred dollars to drain the pool and acid wash and remove the stain. So where are the actual damages? There's not really a lot of damages in that case, but they still use that verbiage. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to come after you. Those are all things that nobody wants to hear, and especially from a customer. So whenever they say something that's kind of leaning towards that, they may not come out and say they want to sue you, but they may say like, well, someone's got to pay for this or, you know, this this is damaged here and you're the one who was here last or something like that, then, of course, you want to wean them off your route. As soon as you get another good pool, I would say this customer goes away because they're heading towards that really strong language of seeking damage against you, which there probably isn't any damages in most cases. The only time you're going to really find serious damages is, let's say, that you left the water on and it flooded you know, their yard, the neighbor's yard, and it caused actual damages, well then, yes, you are liable for that. But you should have general liability insurance. I think the SPPA.com or SPA is a good insurance company. The rates are pretty low. And you must have general liability insurance if you're out there doing pool service because someone may accuse you of something that you didn't do, which happens a lot. The same reason why you have auto insurance. You may be a really safe driver, but someone may back into you Someone may be turning in a lane next to you and say you hit them, something you didn't do. So your insurance company will fight for you. So if there's a false claim, let's say a customer said he left the water on, well, they're definitely going to investigate and fight for you because, of course, they don't want to pay that claim and it may not be a true claim to begin with. So insurance works to protect you even when you don't make a mistake out there or have any kind of liability. It's just a safety net for you. And to be honest with you, it's like 70, 80 bucks for a decent insurance policy a month. So you should have general liability insurance to protect you from any real claims or any real damages or any assumed claims or any accusations of claims from the customer. Another big red flag for me is a customer that complains constantly about your pool service. Not big things, but small things like, Hey, I know you were here last week, and I just think that you should leave the pool a little cleaner. I found a few leaves after you left, and I saw a spot of dirt on the bottom. To me, you know, that is someone who's never going to be off your back, and it's going to be one of those things where you're going to constantly dread any message from that customer. Now, there are some that don't complain, but then they expect you to, you know, be their servant and come to their pool whenever they summon you, like you're the genie. But you'll get those too. It's like, hey, I noticed my cleaner's not moving. You, you were here a couple days ago. Can you stop by and get it moving again? Or, you know, I have a party coming up and I know you service the pool on Wednesday. Um, can you come back on Friday to do it again to make sure it's in great shape? Those are the kind of customers that not really are the ones you want to dump. But those are the ones you want to set strong boundaries with. And what I mean by strong boundaries is that, let's say in the first example, the cleaner wasn't working and you go back two days later and you fix it, I would invoice that customer for $95 and then I would zero it out and say, you know, one-time free service, return service. And that way they know that whenever they call you back to go to their pool for whatever reason, they want you to readjust the timer because they don't like what time the pool's running. They can't wait for you to get back on your service day. They'll know for sure when they get an invoice that's zeroed out that they're going to get a service charge the next time and you want to put in the invoice, you know, courtesy return visit at your next service call that's not on the service day will be $95 or whatever rate you want to put on there. 
That way the customer realizes, hey, this guy's time is worth some money and I better not call him for this because then he'll charge me. And if they do call you a second time, then you officially charge them for that. And they may argue with you. They may just realize, okay, he is serious. He's going to charge you when he comes back. But those strong boundaries with those customers that are very needy of your time need to be in place because if you're not strong with them, and I've been at fault like this, I haven't been this firm with certain customers, then they'll take advantage of you and they're going to expect you to come back to their pool when they beckon you back there. And that's not how you want to do your business because you're busy, your time is valuable, and you should be charging for return services or anything above your regular service day. Even on your regular service day, they want you to do things that are going to take you a long time. You may need to tell them, oh, this is going to take me about an hour to do. And so there is a minimum service charge. My hourly rate is $95. But since I'm here, I'll give you a little discount and I'll just charge you $65 on top of the regular monthly service. Most of the time, they're going to be fine with that. But if you don't set those boundaries, then they're going to expect you to spend extra time there reprogramming their automated system or doing small repairs and not getting paid for it. Here's one that all of us, I think, don't like. And we have these on our route all the time are the customers that are always on Amazon, always looking at prices. And whenever you sell them something, and I've had these customers, so you know, don't feel like you're alone out there. And I had a doctor, in fact, where I put a Whisperflow basket in. And you know, as well as I do, that your suppliers, Leslie's Pool Supply, anyone where you get wholesale pricing, they don't carry like generic knockoff Amazon type Whisperflow baskets. They just can't because they're under a contract with the manufacturer not to carry any fake parts, basically, or, or parts that aren't OEM, original manufactured parts. And so I, I put this Whisperflow basket in. I think I charged them like 21 bucks or something. I, cause I you know, it's the delivery installation. And I need a little markup here. And he's like, hey, you know, I have the same basket here I found on Amazon. And it's $8.99. And you charged me $21 for it. So I'd like you to refund me the difference. And, you know, how do you handle customers like this? Well, of course, you can be all upset and pull out the basket and say, yeah, you can use yours. I'm going to return this or whatever. The way I handle it is I just tell the customer, look, um, you know, this particular part I put in is the manufactured part. And I really can't refund you the difference because this is what I paid for it. And this is something that my wholesale doesn't carry other parts. So if you're, you're welcome to order that basket on Amazon and then leave it by the, the pool equipment and I'll put it in for you and I'll take the other basket back and I'll refund you your money. And that's kind of how I handle it now because otherwise, you know, it's really a touchy subject for you because you get irritated by the customer. They don't respect the fact that you went to go pick it up, that you noticed that it was cracked and all the things that you do for your service and they're nickeling diming you. And to me, it's not really worth fighting them. If they want a cheap part from Amazon, by all means, let them put the cheap part from Amazon in and I'll put the basket in for them. Otherwise, they're going to mess everything up and I'll take the basket and I'll just save it for another customer. It's not the end of the world. Now, when it gets to like higher end equipment, like a pump where they're questioning you on the price of everything, then you may want to back away and say, you know what? I really think that you could probably find a better deal for the equipment and I'll give you, you know, these contacts and you should have a, a really good repair person in your area that you can refer them to, or you can refer them to Leslie's pool supply and they can, you know, you can match, they can match prices for the customer because Leslie's pool supply is a really good way to make sure the customer sees the real prices. They're a legitimate pool store with legitimate parts and you're going to find that their prices match your prices very closely. 
And if they want you to install something that they bought on Amazon for 500 bucks, I would say, well, you know, I really can't do that because, you know, I only warranty and install parts that I purchase. So I really can't put that in. But you're welcome to hire someone to do that for you. I just can't do it because the way my business model is, everything I sell you is something that I'll put in that I pick up from my warehouse and it's something that I can warranty and I can't warranty that particular pump. So they may get the point. You may lose that customer. But the point is, you don't really want a customer that's always nickel and diming you anyway. I mean, when's the last time you went into your local burger place and said, man, $9 for a burger special? Why don't you give it to me for 7 you know? Well, they'll give it to you for 7 all right, but it's probably not going to be the prettiest burger special. And if you argue long enough, they probably will have to cave and, and cater to you. But I don't know if you want to do that in the in a fast food place, you know, arguing with them about the price of food and then sitting down there and eating it. Probably not the best idea. So the same thing with customers that are, you know, like that to you. You just don't want to deal with people like that. There's plenty of people out there willing to pay you what you need to be paid. And there's plenty of customers out there that'll probably nickel and dime everyone to death. I don't really think you need to cater to those people. And if they want to be that way with you, then they can be that way with someone else that's willing to put up with it. You certainly aren't going to do that. And you'll find out really quickly who these customers are. One thing that I like to do is whenever I change a part, like a you know Polaris wheel or you know a diaphragm in a cleaner or anything by the pool or O-ring, I'll leave the old part on top of their heater or near their filter so that when they do get the invoice, there's no question about that I put the part in because I left the old one there. And sometimes there get customers that are like, hey, how do I know you put this part in? And then I just kindly tell them, well, usually I leave the old part there for a month or so so you can see it. So if you go out back, you're going to see the old Polaris wheel that I took off your cleaner. You can see that the teeth are all worn down and then the new one is put on your cleaner. So, you know, you have to kind of have boundaries also for those customers that question everything you do and also really strong boundaries for those customers that want to nickel and dime you and think that they can find things cheaper online, which they probably can but they're not original parts. They're not warrantied the same way. And they're not something that you would want to put in the customer's pool. But if they want to do that, that's perfectly fine. So along with, you know, recognizing when someone is kind of getting to the point where you don't want to deal with them, you also have to recognize when to pull the plug on customers that just aren't someone you want to deal with or do business with in the future. And again, when you get a good account, you want to drop this account I would say the best way to drop the account without getting a bad review is just to tell them, you know, I'm really, really busy right now and I have a lot of accounts and I'm trying to consolidate and downsize a little bit. And unfortunately, I'll have to stop service on your pool starting at the beginning of next month. And I apologize for this, but I just have way too many pools and not enough time in my day to do them. And I hope you understand. And so you're making it clear to the customer that you're not going to come back next month, but you're not saying anything like, you know, you're a cheap Charlie or I don't like your all capital all capital text. It's just one of those things where you're dismissing the client based on the fact that you're too busy. And I would never advise you to say anything about why you dismissed them besides the fact that you're just downsizing and consolidating your route. If you're looking for other podcasts I've recorded, you can find them on my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. It'll take you to a drop-down menu of other podcasts I've recorded. And if you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show.
Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.